Blog Talk Radio. The following broadcast is brought to you by the iGolf Sports Network. The Women of Golf Show is sponsored by the iGolf Sports Network and Golf Tips Magazine. iGolf Sports is a live stream broadcast and media production company providing quality programming designed to attract the golfing enthusiast. And Golf Tips, the game's most in-depth instruction magazine with insightful reviews on the latest equipment, tips from top teaching professionals, helping you improve your game from tee to green. Good morning, welcome to the Women of Golf, the number one women's golf show around the world, with hosts Ted Odorico and Cindy Miller. Join them as they interview some of the best players from the Epson, LPGA and Legends Tour, and so many others helping to elevate women's golf. So without further ado, here are your hosts, Ted and Cindy. All right, good morning everybody, and once again, welcome to the Women of Golf Show. I'm Ted Odorico, and right alongside is none other than Legends Tour player and LPGA professional Cindy Miller, and we are your hosts here on the Women of Golf Show. Good morning, Cindy. Good morning, Ted. How are you doing? I am doing fantastic. We've got a great show this morning. I'll tell you everybody about that in just a moment, but I want to wish both you and Alan a very happy anniversary today. Today is your 42nd year anniversary, correct? Yes. Thank you very much. That is amazing, for sure. A, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to follow that up with with anything other than to say congratulations to you both. Um, I'll, I'll have fun another time, perhaps. But uh, no, that's fantastic. And and also, uh, you had another uh, uh, little one come into the world. Uh, do you want to tell us a little bit about that, real quick? Yes, Knock William Miller was born uh, Friday. He had to come in four weeks early because the placenta was sitting where it wasn't supposed to be. And he's absolutely fine, which I can't believe. He didn't even need to go to the NICU. And they came home yesterday. So uh, they call me Grammy. I spent the night at their house last night because they have twins that are just a year old, which this Knox was kind of a whoops. So life yeah. – um, <laughs> Life for Jamie and Candace is going to be a bit crazy with three kids under 14 months. So, yeah. Wow. Anyway, well, it's certainly yeah. going to be his, a his fun time. His career of playing in GA events is going to be a little um, tainted for a year or two, right. I think. <laughs> I, I, I could agree. That's going to be that's going to be of the New York State Golf Association next year. So it's like, yeah, how you doing, buddy? <laughs> Anyway, yeah, try and balance try and balance that out. Well, it's going to be an interesting time at the Miller household this uh, holiday season. I'm sure it'll be a lot of fun with some extra bodies showing up. So, all right, we got a great show for everybody. But uh, again, congratulations uh, to Alan and Cindy for uh, uh, many many years of, of happy life together and uh, many many more to come. All right, we got a great show as I mentioned. Uh, first up, uh, joining us is going to be Kristen Gilman. She is um, an LPJ slash Epson Tour player, and we'll tell you a little bit about her in a second. A little bit later on, we're going to be joined by Therese Hessian, who is the former head golf coach for the Ohio State University women's golf team. She was also, just before she retired, uh, advanced to the director of golf for both the men's and women's uh, golf programs. So we'll talk to her a little bit later on. But let me introduce uh, Kristen, and then we'll, uh, we'll bring her on. She is a professional golfer who played on, as I mentioned, this Epson Tour this past season. She finished in 10th spot to secure her 2024 LPGA card. Uh, in addition to uh, obviously playing, uh, enjoying golf, she also enjoys the outdoors, hanging out with some friends, and doing Bible studies uh, with them as well. Uh, something you may not know about her is she used to be a competitive swimmer. So we'll talk to her about that and more. Uh, Cindy, let's welcome our first guest, uh, Kristen Gilman. Hi, Good morning, thank you so much for, Hi, thank you so much for having me on the show. Can I go? We are glad. Yes, you can go. Thank you, darling. I'm looking you. You're like a rock star. I didn't know this was a mulligan for you. You've already been <laughs> here and done that. Yeah, I'm excited to get back. I feel like, yeah, it was nice starting my professional career kind of on LPGA and then having to go back to Epson. But um, I'm excited to be back and just back on the LPGA and kind of see what all I've learned and how I can do um, out there again. 
Okay, so now I have to, I believe in the same thing you believe. So uh, I used to do Bible studies on tour as well a long time ago. And so it's a miracle that I'm still married. That's another story for another day. But, um, yeah, it's because of him that I'm still here with the guy I married a long time ago. Uh, So tell me how you believed that you were still supposed to do what you're doing. And, again, you're being tested by coming in temps keep your card so how did you keep your good attitude or maybe you didn't because if it was me I might not have kept a good attitude because I don't have that great of an attitude uh, but tell us how you still kept playing when you might have doubted what you were supposed to be doing yeah I feel like um, kind of I had a lot of friends out on Epson tour so that definitely helped um, with the attitude and just kind of enjoying it so I feel like I was able to go out on Epson tour the last a year or two and just kind of learn how to enjoy golf again and just kind of uh, get that competitive um, juices, I guess, flowing again and kind of, um, I don't know, but I feel like, I feel like I enjoyed my time and I think it definitely is going to help me as a golfer and just, um, even though obviously, you know, you want to play on the LPGA, I feel like I still had a really good time on Epson and they still have a really strong field. um, And so being able to play against, strong players and just kind of be with my friends, especially some friends I haven't seen in a couple of years for a while. Um, I feel like that was some, a pretty good time. Awesome. 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 What did you need to learn to do better or more consistently? I think, I mean, on the LPGA, you kind of have to be good at everything and not really have too many things um, off. But I feel like the main thing that I, I kind of started struggling with uh, ball striking a little bit, and so it's kind of hard to shoot well whenever you're not really hit, hitting many fairways and greens. And so just kind of go back to the basics of just making sure I hit fairways and greens, and then putts will fall and birdies will come. And so um, I feel like just kind of making sure that um, I just kind of stayed consistent on the golf course is the main thing I had to fix. Awesome. Ted? So, Kristen, let me ask you something, because I I get asked this a lot, um, you know, by parents who maybe have somebody, a junior, that's interested in in playing golf. Tell us a little bit about your journey. Where did, how did you start? First off, how did you get introduced to the game? And give us just a little sort of a synopsis of the journey you took to get to where you are today. Yeah, my dad is the one who got um, me into golf. I also have an older sister who played college. Well, I have older and younger sister, but the older sister is the one who kind of um, got into golf also. Uh, she played golf at uh, college golf at Nebraska. But um, so he kind of got us into it just so we could play a sport in high school. And so I started doing tournaments when I was eight years old. And then um, I think I started traveling like out of state probably about when I was 12. He just kind of gave us as many opportunities as he could and, play against some of the best players and so I feel like that definitely helped um and then I went and played college golf at Alabama for two and a half years and then I turned pro and uh, I was able to get my degree in three years so I finished my degree my first year out on the LPGA and then um yeah I feel like that just finished my fifth year as a professional and so I feel like time's flying by <laughs> seems like I just turned pro yesterday but um yeah I already finished my fifth year and so I'm excited to see what else has in store for my career what advice would you give somebody that's sort of an up-and-comer, not at your level yet, but wants to play golf, obviously is bitten by the bug like you were, maybe it was their dad, maybe their mom, or a combination of, of um, other family members that got them into the game um, and learning to play, and suddenly they say, wow, this is something I want to do. What advice would you give them? Based on your own experience uh, and sort of the trials and tribulations, if you were going to guide their path, what would be one of the first things that you would say to them? Yeah, I think just make sure you enjoy it and make sure you you can find a good group of friends that play. I feel like golf so much more than just winning and trophies. Um, It's more like you're going to create so many memories uh, throughout your life just playing golf with your friends and stuff. And so I think that just making sure they enjoy it and not being too hard on themselves because, I mean, as much as you want to win, then today it's more just about having fun and making sure that, I know you enjoy your time out there. And so I think just making sure you're not too hard on yourself and just enjoy all the little moments throughout uh, what golf brings you. And I think I can imagine for any uh, level of player, 
there's going to be days where you just say to yourself, I don't think I can do this. I'm going to walk away in that. What do you say to turn yourself around? Um, what, what goes through your mind? And, and, and I don't mean literally that you're just going to throw the clubs in the pond, but, you know, there's just some days it's just, you know, especially early on when you're trying to get things going um, to, to get to the level that you're at now and you sort of develop that Debbie Downer mentality because it happens to everybody at some point. Um, what do you say to yourself to sort of turn that mindset around and say, you know what, no, I'm going to dig my heels in and here's what I've got to do. What do you say to yourself? I don't know. I feel like it's just, to me, it comes naturally because I'm such a competitive person that um, I won't ever give up on anything. But um, I feel like it's just one of those things. I mean, golf's a roller coaster. You're going to have your good days. You're going to have your bad days. And my dad always tell me growing up that if it was easy, then everyone would play it. So um, that's why not everyone's playing golf. But I think it's right. one of those things that um, you just have to understand that it's just a roller coaster sport, and sometimes it's not going to go your way. But if you keep working at it, then um, there will be days that end up going your way and end up having good results. Yeah, I think mentally, you, you, would you agree that that's the hardest part of the game? I mean, obviously, you have to have the skill. You have to develop the skill as a, a physical player, being able to strike the ball well and so forth. But mentally is where I think if, if you let those sort of demons get in, that can really derail uh, a, um, uh, you know, a good career, if you will. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I think definitely. I think you're, how you, you mentally think and just kind of your confidence is kind of some big things in golf. Because, I mean, especially when you get to the top level, everyone has pretty good technique. It just comes down to how they think their way through the course and how much they believe in themselves. Yeah, I, w- I could agree more. Um, Cindy, go ahead. What do you do for fun? Hmm. <laughs> I feel like, honestly, it seems like I I mean, I don't have that much downtime. I'm so busy with golf. But some things I like to do besides golf is I just love being outside. I love, like, paddleboarding or kayaking or swimming and anything like that. Um, I always enjoy doing. Um, I, on on, well, on both tours, but on Epson Tour, I was pretty heavily involved in a small group out there, and so that was kind of something we looked forward to every week. Um, enjoy hanging out with my friends. Honestly, I just enjoy just relaxing a little bit because I feel like sometimes golf can be so stressful that it's nice to just just sit and relax with um, the people, your friends or family and stuff like that. Awesome. Awesome. What's the best part of your game? Um, I'd probably say my... I don't know. I feel like probably my driving, at least this last year, driving was definitely the best part of my game. I feel like I hit most all fairways every round, and so I think that definitely helps uh, not not get me in trouble, which is one of the keys to being out there. You think? <laughs> the fairway's yeah. a lot easier than the rough or the trees, so that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, you're Very number good. two in driving accuracy. Holy cow. <laughs> yeah, that's and you're that's 21 kind of in greens and regulation. Yeah, I feel like driving is kind of the one thing I I noticed that kind of, I think, it's whenever you're keeping the stats, when you miss the fairway, it somehow also correlates a lot of times to a missed screen. So you're like, well, you need to make sure you hit the fairway there. So that's one thing I've worked really hard on the last couple of years. And so it was nice to see a good result from that over the whole season. Holy cow. That's awesome. <laughs> Thank you. What do you like most about the career you have chosen? I think I like that. I like that it is like, I don't know, I like that it's like an individual sport that like, I mean, obviously you have your team and your coaches and everyone around you that helps you, but I like that when you're on the golf course, like you have full control over how you do. And so I I like that part. And I know I just love how it's a sport that you, as much as frustrating as it is that you can't perfect. And so you're always, there's always something to get better at and work at. So um, I kind of like that, that you're always constantly trying to improve. And what was your career or what was your um, major in, in college? Uh, I got in marketing, a major in marketing and a minor in consumer science. Consumer science. Tell me about that. <laughs> Honestly, I 
probably can't tell you much about that because I just started taking it because my advisor was like, oh, these are, like, easiest electives. And all of a sudden it's like, well, if you take one more, you can get a minor. So I just went ahead and took one more class, and so now I have that minor. <laughs> if you didn't play, what would you want to do? I don't know. I feel like as much as you try it, I try to think about it, but I also try not to think about it because then I'm also like, okay, we need to don't don't think about just think about golf right now and as much as you can and and like achieving everything you can in this career. But I feel like I don't know. I kind of think it'd be fun to do something in like longs with like fellowship in my faith and athletics, but I haven't quite dived into exactly what that would be or thought too much about it. But I feel like that would be fun to do. Cool, cool. Do you like being around people? I'm not a big people person, so that could be a problem. <laughs> but I mean, I enjoy being around people, but I, I definitely have a, a certain social battery. Once I hit that, I I need my little alone space. <laughs> I think we all do. Because I, <laughs> yeah. I I do a lot of I I've got a nonprofit and I try to help kids learn to figure out what they want to do, be, and have when they grow up, and. I do personality assessments with these kids, and I test out as a high, well, there's four different personality styles, and I'm a competitive control freak, and I also test out that I like to have fun, which I do, and then um, one of the styles is shy and quiet, which my husband is, and then one of them is real detail-oriented and keeps stats and everything, and so I'm really not as fun as I used to be and I really need you know when I go home at night I'm sick of people and I don't want to talk to anybody so people are surprised when I say that but everybody needs peace and quiet and yeah you know so how about you Ted you talk a lot <laughs> yeah <laughs> I knew you I knew you were going to say that go home and talk to yourself <laughs> Yeah, I, I get I get wound up in the morning, and then by about three o'clock, it starts to unwind, and it's like no, I, I'm the same way. You know, it's really interesting because growing up, I was believe it or not, when I was really really young, I was extremely shy, and um, and for some reason, you know, my my parents actually thought that there was something wrong with me because I never talked for like normally kids start talking at a certain age, and I was and they thought well maybe there's something wrong with them, and then all of a sudden one day I just started talking, never stopped. And uh, they said, no, he's scared. Whatever it was, he's scared. So here I am. But, no, I, I like downtime, too. I mean, I think you have to have that. You have to be able to. Uh, but I agree, you know, Kristen, what you said a, a few moments ago, and that is, you know, if you're, if professional golf is what you want to do, you can't be thinking about other things. And that doesn't mean you can't have fun, you can't go out and do things. But you, that's what you have to focus on. If you want to be at the level that you are, um, it's not just a matter of having – you know, good ball striking techniques or being, you know, number two in the driving stats and so on and so forth. Um, you have to have the mindset to say, you know, I made it out here. Here's what I've got to do. And I've got to keep pushing forward if I want to have a successful career. And then when things get to a point later on and you decide, you know what, it's time for a change, then you can think about something else. But yeah, you've got to stay focused. I want to ask you, I want you to go back a little bit. You mentioned that your dad got you in and obviously you have an older sister that, that, uh, uh, started playing golf as well. But did you have a mentor growing up? Was there somebody, um, including family, but uh, outside of family, that sort of mentored you along um, that you sort of reflect back on and, and those words are still resonating uh, between your ears? Um, I feel like not too much, like, out of family. I feel like my dad did a really good job just, like, researching a lot and talking to a lot of people that he was a really good guide for us and kind of helped us um, in our golf career and, um, he's really smart when it comes to just, I don't know, he'll do anything to help us in our golf. So I feel like he was a big, big influence in us growing up. Now, you mentioned your sister. Is she playing competitive now, too, or no? No, she stopped after college. So she it was just more up to COVID. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know that. what, hey. <laughs> It's still, it's always too good to have in that resume, though, that you're, you know, play golf, and it will serve her well moving forward. So I mentioned in the in the intro that um, you were a competitive swimmer. How far did you take that? Were there any aspirations or any thoughts of, hey, I wouldn't mind, you know, trying to go up to the Olympics, or was it just more of um, something that you really enjoyed at the time? Give us a little thought about that. 
Um, not really. I feel like, I mean, I played almost about every sport growing up. Um, my parents kind of had me try everything just to see what all I liked, but golf and swimming were my two main ones, but not really. I mean, I stopped when I was in middle school cause it was, I was going from golf practice to swim practice back to golf practice. It was just a lot of stuff. And so I ended up stopping that, but I, I, I was pretty good at it and I enjoyed it. And I think it was good just to kind of make sure you don't play just one sport growing up because you know I feel like it's easy to get burnt out and it also helps I don't know making other muscles stronger and stuff like that and so I feel like just I enjoyed swimming but I definitely knew I was gonna play golf the whole time. (laughs) Do you think being a competitive swimmer from a physical standpoint do you think that that's helped your golf game like you mentioned about uh, strength and muscles and things like being a competitive swimmer I mean if you look at you know you look at competitive swimming as, as an overall sport and male or female, they're all in, in good shape. Do you think that that has helped your golf game from a physical standpoint? Yeah, I definitely think so. I feel like, I mean, I've always had really strong legs. And so I feel like, I think that kind of came from my swimming growing up, but um, I mean, I still, I don't do it as much obviously, but I try to at least still swim some a little bit for as like my cardio workout and stuff. Cause it's not. Once you take a break from me, and I, I started coming back to it, it's a lot harder than you, I remember it being. And so, right. um, yeah, I think it definitely it definitely helped um, when you're younger, just kind of create these muscles while not having to, like, be in the gym. So it's kind of a fun way to do that. Yeah, and, and it's good because it works the overall body, which is nice, too, and, and it's a little bit more, uh, I think, easier on the joints um, than doing weights and things like that. So, um, well, that's fantastic. So, you're taking a little bit of time or you have been taking a little bit of time off. You mentioned off air, you know, you attended a friend's wedding just uh, the past week and then you took a little uh, jaunt over to Hawaii uh, for some time off and that. What are you, what's your plans moving forward uh, as you get ready for, for 2024 in the LPGA? Yeah, I feel like um, I don't have too many things planned, but um, I think kind of just enjoying the off time and also while, working hard at, um, I mean, I still have some technique things that, um, I feel like you can always, you can always work on it. Like you're you're never perfect in golf. So, um, just kind of making sure I, uh, hone in and kind of really improve everything in my game and make sure that's sharp whenever we start up. And so I think that a little bit making sure I rest some while also getting in all the work I need before the season starts. And when is that going to start for you? What, when are you going to get into your first event? Um, I'm not sure. The official schedule hasn't came out yet, so I'm not exactly okay. sure, but I assume it'll probably be sometime in January, February that we'll have a, a tournament there at the beginning, but um, I don't know. I think they haven't announced the schedule yet, so it's kind of anxiously waiting to see what, where all we're going to go and when, but um, I'm excited for whenever that is. <laughs> now, now, are you going to try to play some other events before then? Or like, um are you going to try to get into some other tournaments? Uh, not obviously not in the LPGA, but um, other events just to sort of keep things uh, fired up. I'm not sure. Um, I know that. Uh, I'm not sure what all events. Probably not. Probably not. I know a lot of like. I know Epson won't be playing before then, and then I know a lot of the mini tours have different rules on who all can play and stuff like that. And so um, I feel like I'll probably just enjoy the time off and just kind of be ready for whenever the first event is and um so probably i assume no but haven't quite fully made my schedule yet sounds good um cindy tell parents of young students who like to play who think they want to play college golf aren't sure if they want to go further than that who might be a little bit too pushy what would you tell them? I mean, I think just, I don't know, just kind of, I feel like college golf is always a a fun thing to play or do. And I think that you can meet so many golfers just through college golf as, as well as other athletes at your college that so kind of gives you this group to hang out with. But um, I don't know. I feel like if they enjoy it, then just keep playing. And I feel like it's going to bring some good friends along with the journey also. And so I think that it can end up being a good thing. Oh, um, I think that just make sure that they don't not try to push the kid too much because that's probably the best way to make them not enjoy the sport. And so I think just kind of letting golf be 
their the kids' own journey while also trying to guide them, but um, just kind of making sure that they're not taking control of the kid kind of control their own career and decisions. Got it. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah, I think it's important, you know, yeah, I think as as from a parent's perspective, and I'm sure your your dad was like this as well, um, uh, Kristen, is you want to push them a little bit, you know, or more encourage them, but you don't want to be so overbearing that they kind of develop a bad taste. And, you know, I don't know if I really want to do this now, and or they get too much pressure too soon. So I think you have to find a balance. Um, you have to make sure, obviously, that they're um, – having fun early on, but then as they develop an interest to say, hey, this is something I think I'd really like to do, then you you want to encourage them, I think, to really push themselves uh, as opposed to you pushing them. Do you think that that's uh, maybe the right approach? Yeah, I feel like, I mean, everyone, I feel like any age kind of needs a good pushing a little bit, but um, I think that, yeah, you they, they need to be pushed a little bit, but only to a certain extent, kind of still let them make their own decisions and make their own they have to have the desire in their heart to really be able to succeed. So you can help guide them, but um, at the end of the day, it kind of comes up to the kid of how much they wanted and how much they want to work for it. When you got out of college um, as, as a player and got out into your first professional events, you're obviously not part of a team anymore. You're now on your own. What, what has been some of the, the biggest challenges for you out on tour life? Um, I think it's more just kind of, um, it can get really lonely out there traveling kind of by yourself, um, especially the beginning years when you don't really know anyone because um, a lot of my friends are still in college. So it can definitely be lonely out there. But um, I feel like you can always find a group or find a way to friends to hang out with. But I feel like just kind of learning how to just be on my own and on the road for staying in a hotel room for like four or five weeks straight, That um, just kind of learning how to manage that and navigate that and so um just kind of learning how to live by yourself i guess (laughs) yeah i think it's important and i think it's it's you know good for as a player um to prepare for obviously all aspects of life but to be able to to manage yourself and i think if you're a good manager of yourself um, I think you're going to do well at no matter what you do, whether you play professional golf or you do something else. Um, but you've got to learn how to do that. And, you know, obviously, as we, Cindy and I have talked before, you know, when you're in collegiate golf, of course, you've got the coach and, and support staff and things like that to sort of help you along. But now you've got to do it for yourself. And, and that can be for some, uh, uh, you know, we've talked to a number of, of young ladies like yourself from Epson and, and obviously LPJ. Um, and I've said that was one of the biggest shocks is getting out on tour life and realizing, hey, wait a minute, I've got to make my own hotel reservations. I've got to do this. Or, you know, if they're flying from one side to the other, they've got to book their own flights. And, and uh, you know, it's uh, it can be challenging if you haven't done that uh, before. So um, but I think you, you learn very quickly and you adapt. So, um, well, I, 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 for one, I'm very excited. And again, congratulations on. Uh, getting your your card back and heading out uh, in the 2024 season. I think you're going to do very, very well. You've got a great attitude and keep doing those Bible studies as well with your friends. I think that can always uh, uh, help to uh, to keep you spiritually um, strengthened as you're out there battling it out with, uh, with all of the other players. But uh, congratulations again, and thank you, Kristen, for joining us this morning here on the Women of Golf. Yes, thank you so much for having me. I enjoyed it. Thank you. All right, good luck good next luck. year. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. Thanks, Kristen. Bye-bye. All right. That was Kristen Gilman, the uh, our player from Epson, now moving on to the LPJ. You know, you know, Cindy, I know I probably sound like a broken record saying this, but, you know, we, we do have a lot of fun interviewing some of these young ladies, and it's interesting to hear certainly some similarities, but each of them have their own story. And it's interesting to hear their story, and each one is different, and some have similarities, but for the most part, they're they're different, a different approach, different style. Um, some are, you know, have different personalities, obviously as well. But overall, I think they are uh, very strong and very resolute in what it is that they want to do. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, absolutely. They need to be. There's so many yeah. uh, women that want to play on tour. I mean, there's hundreds and hundreds 
And, you know, you got to be good at what you're doing or you're not going to make it. So. Right. Right. Exactly. And, you know, not to mention, you know, you've got the LBJQ series. You know, uh, she was playing on uh, on the Epson tour and, of course, secured her car that way. But for those that didn't uh, make it, they've got to go through the Q series. So they're battling, you know, they've been battling it out here over the last a uh, little while trying to get their cards and um you know it, it's uh, it's got to be very and, and again you know earlier in lpj um times you know you didn't have the level of competition the same number of people going up for those spots and now you've got literally thousands of, of women from around the world not just here in the united states that want to play and they're all competing for a very select number of spots to be able to get out there and and uh it's got to be stressful. It's got to be very challenging and very stressful for them. But um, uh, we wish them always the best. So um, we're going to take a very, very fast break, and then we'll be back with our second special guest, uh, Therese Hessian uh, from Ohio State Women's Golf. We'll be right back. The following ad is sponsored by Golf Tips Magazine. Are you tired of being short off the tee? And what about those three putts? Forget about it. It's time you got serious about your game. Golf Tips, the most in-depth magazine in the industry. For over 30 years, Golf Tips has delivered expert content such as the latest golf instruction from America's top pros, simple-to-follow practice and game improvement drills, fitness and mental game tips, equipment, training aids, accessory and apparel reviews, golf destinations and travel tips for every budget, and so much more. Don't miss a single issue. Go to GolfTipsMag.com and subscribe today. All right, welcome back, and we're very excited to welcome our, our next guest. Uh, her name is uh, Therese Hessian, and she is an LPGA Class A member who graduated from South, Southern Methodist University uh, with a bachelor's degree in accounting. Uh, she credits uh, a number of folks, uh, uh, Earl Stewart Jr., Steve Dunning, uh, and Ed Oldfield, uh, just as a, a few of them, as individuals who most influenced her career. Uh, she participates in the LPGA Fellowship of Christian Athletes group, and uh, she retired last year as the director of golf, but uh, prior to that, she was the head golf coach for the Ohio State women's golf team. So, Cindy, let's uh, welcome our very special guest, Therese Hessian. Good morning. Good morning. We're so glad you're here. Well, thank you for having me, and um, whatever I can do to help the next generation of golfers, be the best they can be. I'm all about that. So glad to participate. We know that. Ted, you want to start? I would love to start. So, Therese, welcome to the show. And, and again, thank you for uh, uh, spending a little bit of time with us this morning. So I want to, I want to talk, before we get into talking about Ohio State, um, talk a little bit about your earliest memories um, getting into the game. How did you get into the game? Who sort of introduced you and when was the sort of turning point for you that says, I want to be a part of golf? Um, well, my first um, uh, exposure to the game came from my father. Uh, he and my mom were on vacation in Las Vegas, and they saw these people hitting balls on a driving range, and he decided to, he goes, he told my mom, we can't stay in these casinos all day, we'll go broke. So let's go over there and try to hit some golf balls. And he just fell in love with the game right away. And when they came home, um, my father had a, a plumbing company, and he, his, some of his buddies, his suppliers, they all knew a pro in Indianapolis that they said, now, Jim, you need to go over there and meet this guy, and he'll get you all set up with clubs. And, and so that's what he did. And uh, that gentleman's name was Ed Kanich. And he was the pro at uh, Fort Benjamin Harrison Golf Course in Indianapolis, and he was the one that actually got me uh, started in the game. And, um, um, you know, I just, right from the start, I just was fascinated with it. And my poor father, whenever he got home from work, I was always nagging him about going to the driving range to hit balls and to play golf, and <laughs> I was like his shadow. Yeah, and... <laughs> You know, I'm I'm laughing because you know you you mentioned how they they stepped onto a range in Las Vegas to avoid you know hanging in those casinos and and um, and which is smart by the way. 
uh, on his part. But um, obviously, fast forward, he's thinking to himself, I'm sure at some point um, that, wow, now I've got a shadow following me around. I've introduced to the game, and she's following me around. But that ultimately came out to be a good thing uh, in the long run for you and and obviously for him as well. Um, So fast forward to um, you became head coach, uh, actually, you became an LPJ member first and obviously uh, enjoyed uh, that. But um, you then became the head coach for Ohio State Women's Golf. Tell us a little bit about that experience and what were some of your fondest memories there? So time out, time out, time out. It's, there's a huge thing right in between all that. She played on tour. She went to uh-huh. SMU. She played against me in college. We were buddies forever. <laughs> And then she was the coach for 30 years. So go back to college and then the tour. So tell us about that. Well, yeah, you're right, Cindy. That that was um, a big part I mean, this girl of... is like a rock star. And she's part of the reason Jamie Miller was a walk-on at Ohio State, because she is the, one of the nicest people in the whole world. Why she likes me, I have no idea, but... Go back to college and then tell us about the tour and then tell us about coaching. Well, thank you for the um, your comments. I appreciate that. And I I did, you know, Cindy was uh, part of the, the Miami Hurricane team. And I, I started out at SMU um, with a new program in um, kind of a, probably a risky move, but I knew they had a good college of business. I was interested in majoring in business and and probably most importantly, they, they had said that Kathy Whitworth was going to be our coach. So that was quite appealing to me um, just starting out. But so I didn't really get to see Cindy at the beginning because we didn't, we didn't have an established program uh, like, like she was a part of. And, but we quickly, um, you know, became a, a pretty solid force in, in college golf at that time there, you know, there wasn't a ton of teams, uh, competing like there are nowadays, but um, um, I, I got a couple players to come behind me. Uh, Kyle O'Brien, who was a, a, a teammate, and um, she was a member at the club where I grew up to. And then uh, Mary Beth Murphy, uh, we got her out of Florida um, to come. And, and then Coach Stewart got another player, Missy McGeorge, who actually went on to win events on tour as well. Um, and so we quickly went from kind of no team to a top five team in the country really by in two and a half years. And um, that's when I had the opportunity to meet Cindy because then we got invited to some of the good tournaments that, that they all got to play in. And, and um, long story short, then by my senior year, we were fortunate enough to win the national championship at Oklahoma State, um, which – you know, that whole experience kind of was kind of ironic because going through building a team and, and kind of recruiting players to my team, um, you know, kind of foreshadowed what I would end up doing, you know, 12 years later. But um, then I was fortunate enough to get my card um, and my first try out in January of, of 1980. And then, as Cindy mentioned, I, I was blessed to be on the tour for – 11 and a half years and, um, you know, just phenomenal experience. Um, uh, the, the places I got to go and the people I got to meet and people I got to compete against, um, many of them are still dear friends to this day. Um, ironically, I just got back from a, an 11 day trip in Scotland and, uh, six former tour players were on that trip with me and, that's an example of, of um, you know, how they've impacted my life and still remain friends. And it's kind of fun to just pick up where you left off and getting to play with Cindy at the National Teaching Division Championship this summer was a lot of fun for me as well. And, you know, I felt the same way of, of having that opportunity to reconnect with she and, and um, you know, and other players that were competing down there. Um, and then I, I got, um, once I got playing, um, um, you know, I just kind of got tired of traveling pretty much 35, 40 weeks out of the year. And I decided that, you know, what a great, what a great way to be able to impact other people's lives, um, kind of the way my, tour, my 
my pro um, or my coach Earl Stewart did for me, and um, I was blessed to be friends with um, Meg Mallon and um, Kathy Gehring. Craftshirt um, was her maiden name, and they were both Ohio State players. And and um, they actually came to me and said, you know, Teresa, the job at Ohio State just opened up, and would you be interested in applying? And I thought, well, first I thought I couldn't really coach anywhere else other than SMU. Um, but the, when I started thinking about it, you know, my family's all still in Indianapolis. I'm just kind of a Midwest gal. And, and I thought, you know, that kind of maybe makes a lot of sense to me. And, and if, if, you know, I'm in the North, I want to be somewhere where I can compete nationally. And Ohio State definitely provided that opportunity. So I came over and took a look and um, interviewed in May, but I actually didn't hear back from them till later in July. So I thought, geez, I don't know why they're taking so long, or maybe they're looking around at other people and went back out and played for a while and then finally got the call. Um, and so my last event was the U.S. Open at um, Colonial in Fort Worth, and I finished on Sunday afternoon and um, started my job in Columbus on Tuesday. So that's kind of how it all happened. You were right, Cindy. There was a lot uh, leading up to uh, to her Ohio State yeah. <laughs> coaching <a> position. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, no, no. I knew, I knew she played. There. Yeah, no, I, I know. I'm only kidding. I, I knew that she had played before, and I was actually going to give you the opportunity to, to spark that off. But um, So when you did become coach, and, and you have been for, as you said, uh, many years now, um, you had a chance to obviously see a lot of um, – players some maybe moved on uh you know to pursue lpj careers maybe others didn't um who were some of the standouts for you um, over your career who were some of the, the most memorable players i mean obviously they were all memorable in their own way but there were obviously some that they're always a group or or some individuals that sort of stick out in your mind that say wow i think this person's going to go far just give us a couple of examples yeah well you know i i was blessed to um um have eight of them get their LPGA cards. I've got a ninth one that is in final stage uh, here next month um, to maybe get her card. I've got um, one on the LET, and then I've got uh, two more over there that will be going to Q School in Europe this um, in, in the next month as well. And But you know what? I, I also have one that's an anesthesiologist in Huntington, West Virginia, I have, uh, at one point, we had three of them that were uh, college coaches um, in the United States, you know, throughout the states, and and I have numerous ones that were high school coaches, and, you know, I've got some that are financial planners, some that are um, doing well selling medical supplies, you know, and in sales, and it's just amazing to see uh, where all they go and and, um, you know, several of them have several children now, and they're do, just doing a great job as a mom. And, you know, I'm just as proud of them as I am the ones that have gone on professionally. So, um, you know, it's just, it was so important to me. I, I, I always wanted them to, if they wanted to pursue golf, I wanted to provide whatever they needed to kind of help them go down that road. But I always wanted them to be prepared when they left college that, you know, sometimes things are rather tough in college. And I, I like to see them struggle a little bit because that's how life was going to be. And, uh, you know, I would never let anything happen to them that would hurt them, but, you know, to help them work through things. um, To me, that's a precursor for what, what real life is like and to just do everything for them and, and make it easy for them, I think is a big mistake. And, and, um, you know, I, I just always wanted them to feel like the day they walked out with their diploma that, that they were prepared to, to do a lot of different things and, and be successful in a lot of different ways. Yeah, that's some, a great, uh, great point. So let me ask you finally, and then, then Cindy, I'll let you uh, take over. Um, as a coach, you have the ability to work with uh, and mold a lot of young minds um, and obviously help to strengthen their ability both on and off the golf course. 
how do you know personally as the coach when you need to push the player and when you need to back off and how do you handle um because it inevitably happens where parents want to um have you know visions of grandeur for their child um want to try to push as well how do you know what's the conversation you have with them first off what's the conversation you have with the student uh, and the player and then what's the conversation you may have or have had with parents that maybe want to push a little too hard for their child? How do you know when to say to them, hey, you need to back off a little bit, or do you? Well, I, I definitely had those conversations with with players as well as with parents. Um, you know, and I I try to always tell the player, you know, I, I just was honest with them, and I, I just told them, look, you know, if this is what you want to do, you tell me you want to do this then these are the kind of things that you're going to have to do to become successful. You know, and otherwise, right. you know, you really need to really buckle down with your books and be the best you can be in your in your major because, you know, it's not going to work. I've played at the next level, and this is what it takes. And, you know, I would constantly I, – I wasn't trying to be harsh with them, but I just told them I was just being honest with them. And um, – you know, I, another way I would do it would be like, okay, look, let's go on. If you say you want to play Epson Tour, if you want to play LPGA, you want to play LET, let's go look and see what these we, these ladies are doing and what are they shooting and what are the components of their games and kind of actually study out what where they're at and let's see how you match up with them. And, you know, some kids didn't didn't like that but I always felt to be brutally honest with them was always the most important thing and um, uh, you know a lot of the parents sometimes you know I I feel like they were they would be nice kind of nice to their daughter and even sons at the end when I was director over both programs um, you know I, I didn't have as much of it as on the men's side I think they were probably a little, some ways more realistic where the ladies felt like that they, it was more of a dream. Uh, the guys kind of understood um, that was kind of an easier conversation with them. But, you know, some of the right. parents, like I would just tell them, you know, flat out, this is, if, if your daughter wants to do this, this is what she's got to do. And, you know, I, and I don't see her, her level of commitment necessarily at the level that I feel like she's going to need to to excel at the next level. And some of them didn't like the conversation, but I, I really felt like down the road they, they came to appreciate what I was trying to do with them just to give them some direction because um, they knew I was being honest with them too. Yeah, and I think a lot of times you said that, you know, we all dream, have, have dreams and things, but sometimes they may not necessarily be, given the, given the platform, necessarily maybe be as realistic uh, or they may not fully appreciate the level of commitment. And I think that's a good word that you use is commitment. Um, they don't realize exactly what it takes to get there. So I, I like the fact that you sort of gave them some examples and said, hey, let's take a look over here. This is what you said you want to do. Okay, here's what they have to do to be where they are. And if that's what you want, that's what you're going to have to do as well. And I think it's probably, I'm sure, was an eye-opener for a lot of young ladies particularly um, that wanted to take that next step and maybe play competitive golf, um, that it's a lot, it's not as easy as you think. It's not just a matter of hitting the ball straight down the, you know, in the middle of the fairway. There's a lot more involved as well. And it sounds like you, um, relayed that information very well. Um, Cindy, go ahead. So when we played together this summer, we were talking about, you know, we, Alan and I teach a lot of kids and we were discussing that and, one of the students that you had, players, came in and refused to do stats and mm -hmm. um, suggested that this player, student, uh, transfer. And so I've been trying to encourage our players that, want to play, that say they want to play college golf to do stats. And so I purchased a program that does, you know, um, shots, you know, saved and all this stuff. So when, if they do their stats, it shows me what they need to work on. 
and so they play in these tournaments, and we're the league directors of the Under Armour Junior Tour, and I'm like, go put your stats in. You know, all you got to do is I do it when I play, you know, fairways, greens, putts. And if I miss the fairway, to go right or left? So I, I can look in the mirror and say, okay, you say you want to play. Well, this is what you need to work on. There is no, there's no emotion. It's all fact, right? And Correct. so if you really want to put, do what you say you want to do, then you got to be willing to look in the mirror. And so some of them, you know, who shoot, I have somebody that shot like 76 and said they hit it terrible and shot 86 and said they hit it pretty good. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell me what you, yeah. Tell me what you told this person. Well, um, yeah, this person and I and I don't remember exactly what I might have told you at the time, but you know, this person, um, you know, it, it, how am I supposed to be the best coach I can be if I don't have the most accurate information? And I, I spent a lot of time when we get home from tournaments reviewing that data, to me it's really, really critical to have as much accurate information as I can. And now, I, you know, I don't want to get someone bogged down because they're so worried about was that putt six feet or was that putt seven feet, you know, while they're trying to play. But even if they can, you know, get fairly close with it, as a teacher I can be as a, more effective because I can really dial in my practice plan for you, where if I'm just guessing and I, I can't be out with – if there's six different players playing in a tournament at the same time where I'm at, I can't be with all of them. So, you know, it just makes me a better coach to be able to help you get better quicker. And ironically, that player, she did end up transferring out, and she actually came back to me this fall for some lessons and told me, you know – I, yeah, Coach, I'm I'm interested in hearing what you have to say. I I really wasn't open to that when I was in school, and that was my bad. Developed, I mean, just kind of matured and figured out that, you know, and when we're talking, you know, at an Epson tour or an LPJ level, we're talking a quarter of a shot or a third of a shot. I mean, it it could make hundred thousand dollars difference to their earnings if it's in the right area so it is really critical and it gets very minute the the higher you go up on the ladder you know maybe at high school level it you know might it might not make that much of a difference but once you get to a professional level it's critical to know that information so I'm not sure if that's the answer you were looking for Cindy but that's kind it of how that one turned out <laughs> It is. And again, I mean, you know, I have a husband that played on the PGA Tour for 15 years and one shot per round would have changed the whole career. Yeah. You know, 100%. I mean, it's a big deal. So now let me ask you about when you're choosing a student, okay, because I'm mm-hmm. going to have a bunch of our students listen to this podcast. And let's pretend you're a woman and a man's coach and you're choosing mm-hmm. a player to come to your school. How do you pick, um, let's say they're all equal, there's five kids and they all shoot the same, um, and I try to tell my kids you absolutely do not want to be high maintenance and the parents do not want to be a pain in the butt and a hovering helicopter. Yeah. So, yeah, tell us how you would like the parents to be and not be. Well, from the parents' side of things, um, I definitely <clears throat> I, I love keeping in touch with parents. I love them coming out and supporting their son or their daughter. Um, I think that that is really important. Um, some players more so than other players, but they also have to give me space to to recognize that I'm going to do everything in my power to improve their son or daughter as fast as I possibly can and that I do have quite a bit of experience in in the field and I've been down this road many 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 times and and um you know I I was a professional coach if you will as well as a player so I usually have a pretty good handle on what direction they need to go. And 
to allow me to do the job that I'm being paid to do and the expectation my school has on me um, is, is really important. Um, and, you know, at the same time with golf, you know, I realized that a lot of players um, had a lot of coaching uh, before they got to my level. And I've had many conversations with coaches, um, their previous coach, because I, I also understand how that goes to make, help make that a smoothest transition. But, but mostly I, I would like to be uh, left alone to do the job that I, I was hired to do. And um, it gets very confusing to a student if they're hearing it from all different directions. Got it. Awesome. Ted? Yeah. I, I think some very sound advice, and I think it's you're right on mark uh, with that, Therese. Um, as we get close to uh, wrapping things up, I want to give you a moment just to um, – Talk a little bit about uh, your participation in the LPJ's Fellowship of Christian Athletes, uh, Athletes, excuse me, group. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, I um, I am a, a Christian, and I'm um, was always felt that was a big part of my life. It's um, you know being well-rounded person and, and <clears throat> having the belief that there's something uh, greater than myself, and and having a relationship with Jesus is is um, is very important to me Um, and to know where I'm going to go after this life here is, is just absolutely very comforting day in and day out. And to be able to uh, share that with people is, is very important to me. Um, It, you know, it affected a lot of things that I've, I've done. I always tried to do some off season projects and with Habitat for Humanity, Um, any opportunity I had to speak, uh, I would try to take advantage of, of that. Um, and now at this level, you know, as I just retired last year, I now I'm doing a lot of projects more locally, um, nursing homes. Um, I'm working on right give this Christmas away right now, uh, preparing at our church for, um, you know, um, you know other people that are less fortunate. I've been so blessed and and um, been surrounded by such great people and. And um, um, I'm really blessed, and to pass that on is is very important to me. I couldn't agree more, and what a great way to end our segment. Um, Teresa, I want to thank uh, you for coming on and speaking about your career and about your faith a little bit uh, and sharing that with our audience. And Cindy, any final thoughts or, or comments you want to make? No, just thank you, darling. I love you. Love you too, Cindy, and I appreciate you thinking about me. And I just have one final thought, if I could share real quick. When the best advice I can give kids that want to come to college, I did not see one player who had too good of a short game. And to mm-hmm. if, if they can continue to work on their short game, I know a lot of people are out there chasing distance right now, and I know distance is very important to be able to hit the ball long. Um, but don't forget about getting the ball up and down because you can, you know, turn a, a great good day into a great day and you can turn a bad day into a good day and be a consistent scorer will be something that coaches really will, would be very appealing to them. So that that's kind of my last piece of advice I'd like to share. And that's some great advice. And thank you again for sharing that with our audience. Uh, Therese, thank you very much for joining us, as I said, on the Women of Golf Show. We appreciate it, and you're welcome to come back anytime you'd like. Well, thanks for having me. You all have a great day, and uh, keep up the great work on your part as well. Thanks, honey. Thank you. Okay, you're Bye-bye. welcome. Go Bills. Hey, go Bills. <laughs> go Bills. <laughs> well, I had Dad just sneak that in there the last <laughs> Um What a great – I mean, just a, a wealth of, of – um, uh, you know, of knowledge and oh. um, and obviously have served that program well. Go ahead. She's awesome. Yeah. Great and show. And obviously you had the – yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. All right, we want to thank everybody for joining us this morning um, on the Women of Golf, and I uh, hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back next week. Happy Halloween for all of you little ones going out there to celebrate uh, and have some fun trick-or-treating. Be safe. And um, – Again, happy anniversary to you and Alan, Cindy. I hope you have a wonderful day.
Thanks, honey. See ya. All right. Tweak here in the Women of Golf. God bless everybody. Thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoyed listening to this week's Women of Golf show. Ted and Cindy wish to thank this week's special guests. Remember to join them every Tuesday from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern here on the iGolf Sports Network or on any of these social media platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, CastBox, TalkStreamLive, and of course Spotify. To get updates on the show, you can follow the Women of Golf's Facebook page at www.facebook.com forward slash womenofgolf. This has been a production of the iGolf Sports Network.